Welcome to the Balanced Broncos podcast, the wellness podcast brought to you by Bronco Fit, Boise State's campus wellness department. We are found on the first floor of the Norco building and aim to make Boise State America's healthiest learning environment through the eight dimensions of wellness. We've created this podcast with the goal of bringing you quick wellness tips and tricks to incorporate throughout your day. My name is Elizabeth Bricker, and I'm a peer health educator here at Boise State, and I created this podcast alongside fellow peer health educator, Hannah Campbell. Thank you for listening. Welcome to this week's episode of the Balanced Broncos podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about occupational wellness, and we are joined by Kelsey Nelson. She's a career success coach for the College of Health Sciences, and we're really excited to have her here today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to um, chat with you on this week's podcast. I'd love for you to kind of delve in a little bit into your role with the Career Center and what the Career Center does. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Like you mentioned, I am the Career Success Coach for the College of Health Sciences, um, and I'm with Boise State Career Services. And Career Services is a really great free resource for both students and alumni on anything that is related to getting a job or your career. So for some people that looks like major exploration or career exploration. For some people it's networking, for some it's resumes, cover letters, job search, internships, um, and anywhere in between. Um, We provide uh, that resource for students and alumni. And I really like to hit home that it is a free resource, which is really cool. and we provide that support in a lot of different ways. Most commonly, students either see us in presentations um, or if they schedule one-on-one appointments with us, um, we have drop-ins. Uh, there's just a lot of ways to get connected with us. And um, you know, our job is to help students and alumni get jobs. So it's really cool. And in terms of my role, I work specifically with um, college and health sciences students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Um, and so I work very closely with students as well as faculty and staff to um, really tailor uh, career education towards the learning outcomes of those programs. And I also get to work uh, really closely with College of Health Sciences employers to figure out what they really need in um, graduates from the College of Health Sciences. That is all very exciting, and that's an awesome resource for students. I know I've benefited from it myself, so really appreciate the work that you guys are doing. Thank you so much. I'd love to start off with a little bit of a hypothetical for you. Okay. Um, so a lot of students come into college really unsure about what they want to study, what they want to do with their lives. What would be a direction that you could send them in if they came to you and they said, I'm just not really sure what I want to do? Where's a good place for them to start? That's a great question. And I feel like... Um, the first conversation I would have with a student um, is kind of breaking down this idea of what getting a career, I think, what this idea that a lot of people look look at in terms of what getting a career is. So for example, um, I feel like most people feel that getting a career is a very linear trajectory. Um, when for most people, it's actually um, like a really great roller coaster at the world's best amusement park. There's twists and turns and loops. And the thing is, it doesn't necessarily end when you graduate. I know for me, um, I had a career shift after three years working in a different industry. And that career exploration isn't as much a destination as much as it is um, a constant process. And so that's usually one of the first conversations I have with students in that in that boat is let's talk about um, 
and really validate kind of that uncertainty because so many people do come into college not knowing what they want to study, not knowing what they want to do as a career. Um, and because it is a process and not as much a specific destination, um, the student and I will um, really with anyone on my, on my team, we're going to chat about uh, students' interests, their values, their personality, workplace preferences, maybe use one of our career assessments such as Pathway U to help with that conversation. Um, and really just start with the career exploration process. Um, for some students, that means meeting with us once and then maybe meeting with us at, you know, when they graduate or I've met with students once, I've met with students two dozen times before. Um, so I kind of like to call it a choose your own adventure. And so when a student in that situation that you described would come in, really it just comes down to validating their experience because it's what so many of us, I would argue most of us experience at one point or another in our careers. Um, and then really trying to help the student identify interests um, and then going from there. Those are great steps. If we're in jobs, you know, working on campus, doing whatever in certain classes, how can we be thoughtful about those experiences and really take time to reflect on what about those jobs are interesting to us? That's a great question, Elizabeth. Um, I really liked that you used the word reflection because that is something that I feel like makes the difference. And honestly, um, that's another great skill that I start working on with students. Um, when it comes to finding jobs or looking at jobs on campus or internships or anything like that, um, I really encourage students to reflect on the description um, and think about what did I, what do I like about this job description? What don't I like about this job description and why? Um, part of that exploration comes from, or part of that, um, those twists and turns on that roller coaster metaphor uh, I just mentioned earlier comes from reflecting on those experiences and really taking a second, even after a class project. Um, what did I learn from this experience? What skills did I gain from this experience? If there's a guest speaker that comes into your class, why was that interesting? Um, and, and really taking that time is what can kind of dictate things moving forward. Um, that just reflection component is so important. And it's, I would say definitely mentally very um, like, taxing sometimes though. I, you know, I, I love reflection, don't get me wrong, and I always promote it. However, um, it is something that takes time and intention and it's okay if it isn't something that um, like is super easy to do at first. It's something that you definitely want to practice over time and practice reflecting on because it's a skill. Absolutely. Pivoting into the season that we are coming up on, summertime, very exciting. Yes. Um, what resources would you suggest to students if they are looking for summer jobs, whether that be here in Boise or back in their hometown and they're wanting to get, you know, a different job than what they had during the summers in high school? Yes, that's a great question. Um, first thing that I would look at is Handshake. Handshake is our um, job board that we have for Boise University um, that students have access to and they can um, find that by doing a search on the website for Handshake um, and it's single sign-on so you can access it with your Boise State um, credentials and that's a great place to start looking for jobs first and foremost. Um, another one are our career fairs 
that happen. Um, we have them every fall and spring. Um, and by the time we are recording this one, um, we had already had some virtual career fairs in the spring of 2021. However, um, there are a few that are coming up and there's actually one on April 21st, 2021 that students can go to. And that's a great way to connect with employers and see what kind of jobs are available and out there for the summer. Um, and another great resource uh, that I'll probably be plugging quite a bit while we're chatting is um, meeting with a meeting with someone in my office. Um, we have a wonderful team of career counselors and advisors that are here to um, help students with job search. Um, and that can be a great one where we look at a student's prior things they've done, see what's exciting to them, what's not, look at their major. And um, we speak with recruiters quite a bit as well. So if we know of something, we can connect a student that way. Um, so I guess my top three would be check out a career fair, check out Handshake, um, or meet with us in our office. As far as going to a virtual career fair especially, how can a student be prepared for that? How do they know what kind of questions to be preparing for, how to um, present and describe themselves to future employers, that sort of thing? Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful question, um, especially in terms of virtual career fairs. It it, it kind of um, so the, uh, the 2020-2021 academic year is the first year that we had done virtual career fairs, and it's one of those where they can be kind of intimidating. And it's it's how do you um, interact with employers, but you're doing it virtually. So what does that look like? And we actually have a whole web page um, built out to how to prepare for a virtual career fair, which is great. And what I recommend is checking out who's going to be there, right? If there are 20 employers there, look in advance and, and figure out, okay, who do I want to talk to? Um, why do I want to talk to them? And for some people, they want to go to a career fair because they want a job. And for other people, maybe it's exploration, right? Maybe they want to know what types of jobs are out there or they um, want to know what things they, they want to talk to recruiters to know what kind of jobs they can be looking out for when they graduate, right? So know why you want to go to a career fair. And then with the virtual career fair specifically, make sure that you sign up for sessions. So each employer um, registers either and uh, group sessions or and or one-on-one -on -one sessions. And so just make sure you sign up for those in advance. Um, and then you can get a chance to talk with all the employers. Uh, with the in-person career fairs, though, to be honest, I don't think it's um, too dissimilar. Uh, we always publish who's going to be attending. Our preparation website has information on how to um, prepare, has information on questions to ask. Um, and again, another great opportunity if you have questions, you can always meet with some one of us in our office and we can um, kind of help you plan out what that experience could look like for you. Perfect. I think sometimes we can feel a little bit not very confident about ourselves in yeah. those types of situations and just that feeling of inadequacy, like why would this employer want me? I'm, I'm only a college student who's worked maybe a couple jobs, maybe an internship or volunteered here and there, you know, minimal experience. How can we kind of battle that feeling of inadequacy and, and confidently present ourselves as people that would be worth having on their team? That is... Um... That's like the question of the year right there. And um, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll be open with sharing this. Um, yes, I professionally coach people on how to do this for a living. However, um, the irony is palpable. Those feelings still happen with myself. Um, I still lean on my team when I need some confidence in the workplace and vice versa. Um, and that's okay. The first thing I, you know, like to share with students is those feelings of nerves. Um, 
they're totally valid and totally under understood. And what we do in our office is help students understand how their skills are transferable to the workplace. Um, and I kind of compare it where if, you know, you're like, like if I'm working on my resume, for example, to struggle, however, if I'm looking at someone else's like, oh yeah, I could totally see a thousand different ways to improve this. Right. And those feelings I think translate across the board. Um, and in career services, we have an employability equation that we refer to sometimes and it has four parts. And the first part comes down to your academics. So the degree, your credential, right? Your second one comes down to experience. So um, what jobs you've had, internships, classes, that kind of thing. Um, the third um, component comes down to your skills and your abilities. And the fourth is your network. And historically, from my experience, the one that people struggle with the most whether they be student, alumni, um, myself, right? It's that third component, skills and abilities. And it's not because people don't have the skills and abilities. It's because it's so unnatural to talk about our skills and abilities, right? Society says be humble. However, that's kind of counterproductive to getting a job. Um, and it comes back to that reflection you brought up earlier, Elizabeth, that's so important to do because it takes time. Um, and it takes time kind of breaking through that comfort level. And I feel like more often than not, um, people are afraid that they're going to be boasting when really, it, it, I think it just feels that way because it's so unnatural. Um, so yeah, when it comes down to it, a lot of what we do in career services is help students see the value, the tremendous value they bring because of all of their experience and their academics and their jobs and their internships and in their coursework, um, it's definitely a challenge to go into those situations and it takes time and that's totally okay. Right. I think from what you're saying, when we are taking that time, you know, in our classes and in our job opportunities to be reflecting upon our skills and abilities and interests, then we'll be more articulate and we'll be more confident in those situations when you're asked to describe ourselves and our skills and abilities. Yes, 100%. And to be honest, I think a big component of that is um, actually verbally practicing, not just writing things down. Although, you know, I will never discredit the importance of, you know, how a resume can help you with, you know, validating the skills you bring. Um, when it comes down to it, though, I can tell you that I practice for interviews or if I'm um, in a networking situation, I definitely think about my tell me about yourself. Right. And sometimes um, verbally practicing it is what can kind of help with that confidence. Right. If you've already kind of reflected on what things you want to share and your highlights and what things you're proud of, um, I feel like it'll be easier in the moment. Absolutely. Yes, I can definitely attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think being, you know, just in general, you know, talking with your friends and your coworkers about your job and your yeah. position and that sort of thing and the experiences that you've had in college just kind of helps to, helps you formulate those thoughts for sure. Yes, 100%. And um, I won't dive into it too much right now, but um, something we refer to quite a bit in career services um, uh, is the, the, are the NACE competencies. And NACE is the National Association for Colleges and Employers. And they publish professional um, competencies that, all employers and graduate schools are looking for a need for people in the workforce. And so that's something I often encourage students to look into. And I mean, we obviously go through them together. However, um, 
these are great to look at in addition to your coursework of um, the competencies. Some of them include um, critical thinking, communication, those kind of things. Um, and if you can, you know, for some people, it's helpful to look at those competencies in the context of their coursework, right? Where have you had to work on a team? In this class project, this was our goal. This is what I did to work on a team. Um, technological competencies. Um, in this project, I had to use these softwares in order to, to complete this project or attain this goal or do this research, right? Um, it's so important to kind of look at that. And, and I feel like that's often um, a misconception is that experience, especially on a resume, has to be jobs, has to be internships. And yes, put those on there. However, if in the job description, they say they need someone who can perform a specific type of data analysis, and you've done that in a class project, let them know you're developing so many skills in your coursework. Um, that's, I mean, that's where you're getting your degree, right? It's so important to, to sit back and think about that, because that's where so many of these skills that students have um, are cultivated. Could you talk a little bit about and touch on how students can get started with the cover letter and resume writing process if they have, you know, found that job on, on Handshake or found that job um, through meeting with a career counselor, career fair, that sort of thing, kind of that next step. Yes, resumes, cover letters. Um, yeah, well, um, I, I guess I will share some little tidbits of overarching information um, and then some specific resources to help with that. Um, when it comes to cover letters and resumes, my biggest tip is excuse me my biggest tip is to customize them to every job and yes that makes it tedious um, and yes that can make it time consuming however that is very very important um, and probably the number one question I get from students maybe number one or number two question I get from students is what can I do to make my resume and cover letter stand out and what you can do to make it stand out is customize it from the job. So look at the job description, use their keywords, um, use their action verbs that they incorporate in, um, and incorporate as many of those into your materials as possible. Customize the missions, or, or pull from maybe the mission statement of the organization, let them know specifically why you align with that job. Um, that's what um, makes those materials stand out. And so that'd be kind of the first big piece of information when you are approaching a resume and cover letter, make sure it's customized. Um, and second off, um, we have a lot of resources to help you get started in that process. So um, on the Career Services website, for example, we have virtual workshops all about resume and cover letter writing that you can do online. We also have handouts to get you started. Um, we, again, do appointments as well with, um, with students. Um, so that can be a great way to, to get connected and a great way to um, start working on those materials. Um, but what I would encourage is make sure that it is um, customized and use your resources because, um, you know, resumes and cover letters, no one really teaches you how to do that. And so it's kind of daunting of like, where do I even begin? And that's why looking into those resources, I think is um, just, just wonderful, a wonderful thing to do for sure. Having those places to start is important because you know just even getting started can be hard after yeah. after we've applied to jobs what do you feel like is a realistic timeline in which to hear back like if somebody was you know trying to get a job outside of college when would you recommend that they start looking 
Great question. Um, so with this answer, I don't want anyone to feel like they are behind because, you know, as we've discussed, the job process is um, mentally taxing. It's a lot of work that you're also trying to incorporate into your schoolwork, your jobs, your internships, your other responsibilities. And so it's one of those where people start at different times. If I were working with someone, I would, I mean, ideally, I would love to, to you know, have someone start right, when, right at Boise State and kind of get get some gears turning and that kind of thing. Um, however, if someone is about to graduate in May, um, like May 2021, like, you know, come be with our office, let's get started now. Um, I know people who went to like the fall career fair and started that process and had jobs lined up for when they graduate. Um, some people start looking in January. Um, to be honest, especially someone's, you know, last year Boise State, I really just in encourage them to kind of look constantly. Um, I feel like especially during the time that has been the pandemic, things have switched up quite a bit in a thousand different ways and different companies have had to switch up hiring processes, maybe positions that were historically open were open are not open currently. Um, and it's one of those where kind of keeping an eye on things constantly can be very helpful. So if you, for example, are a student that's going to be graduating this upcoming December, we're recording this in May of 2021, um, it wouldn't hurt to start kind of looking and seeing what kind of companies are you interested in? What kind of industries are you interested in? Um, have you connected with anyone? Um, I don't know, like, does do, have you, has a faculty member connected you with anyone, for example? Could you talk to them? Um, I guess to answer your question, it's never too early to start, nor is there a prescribed way to do it. I just encourage people to be resourceful and proactive, and if they can start early, that's going to save a lot of stress um, later, because graduation is always a very stressful time, um, and, and if starting earlier is an option, um, great. And the last thing I wanted to shame anyone who hasn't started. Like that's, that's not it at all. Like I mentioned, everyone has a different process for going about doing this. And, you know, students aren't just students. Students are also employees, they're family members, maybe they're caregivers, um, maybe they're interns, right? There's so much that students are working on right now. Um, and so I don't I want to make anyone think that they're late in the process by any means. Just know that there are resources to help you um, so we can help make those students that are graduating the most competitive applicants possible. What are some strategies to be able to handle, like you briefly touched on that, you know, emotional experience of applying to jobs and being rejected or just never hearing back at all or, you know, getting really invested in a job opportunity, interviewing, not getting the job, et cetera. Like how can we be managing expectations and trying to not be down on ourselves? That is a great question, and those feelings are 100% valid. I mean, especially if you think about how much time you put into a resume and cover letter or an interview, and if those don't pan out always, that's, you know, that can be very disappointing and um, can be very, um, it can definitely impact wanting to apply for jobs more. And so the first thing I um, kind of help or the, the first thing I share is kind of my approach to interviewing and jobs and how, 
um, my goal with getting, getting, or with applying for a job is, I mean, obviously I want the job, but it's never, my success is not determined by my getting the job. My success is determined by, um, having the best application possible that describes my skills as it relates to that opportunity. Um, and that's because when it comes to jobs, the only thing you can control is your application, right? You can be intentional. You can, um, work on your resume. You can have a targeted cover letter. You can do interview preparation, right? You can do your best for the interview. However, there are also a lot of other factors that sometimes come into play, right? Um, yes, they post a job description, but you don't always know with a hundred percent certainty what exactly they're looking for or, um, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know who else is interviewing for that job. And so often it's easy to think that if you don't get a job, there's something wrong with you. When really you could have two candidates that are both outstanding in their own ways. And they don't know until they have these two candidates that bring different um, skill sets, what they really need. Right. Um, because getting a job isn't just about finding someone for the right fit. It's also the right ad. Right? What is that person adding to the team to elevate up? And sometimes it's like a puzzle. Um, and so that would be the first thing to manage those expectations is having a goal of submitting an application that is as targeted as possible for the job, um, doing interview practice, all of that jazz. So then you can leave at the end of that interview or after submitting that application saying, yep, I did my best for this position and that's all I can ask for. Um, that's kind of the first component. Um, the second one is trying to um, take it small bites at a time. So what I mean by that is um, it can be really exhausting if you're applying for like five or six jobs a week because if five or six jobs pop up, right, that can be exhausting customizing all of your materials and trying to build in a plan for you that works that makes it easier to digest. Um, I think can be helpful. Um, and then the other thing is uh, my team is full of career counselors whose expertise is helping students um, with all of these feelings that come in the process of searching for jobs, whether it be anxiety, um, whether it be stress, all of these things. Um, I've got wonderful members, career counselors on my team that are all equipped to help students with this in depth. So if that's something um, a student is struggling with or really wants support on, that's what we're here for. I love that you talked about, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, those, the HR manager and the hiring team, all those people, we're just assuming that they don't want us because they didn't like us and the things that we had to say, but it's important to remember that there's a lot more going on than what we know about for sure. Yes, it's a balance of being reflective and like, wanting to um, see where you can improve on your materials and improve on your interviewing skills, et cetera, and also acknowledging that there are things that are out of our control. And of course, there are things that are still a bummer, right? There's still disappointment that comes if you don't get a job you really want, and that's totally okay. And me sharing this one little tidbit will not alleviate that feeling completely for anyone. However, kind of understanding that I think can help with the edge a little bit. Absolutely. And additionally, remembering that reflection that we do when we're writing those cover letters and when we're making those resumes and reading through those jobs and saying, actually, I, I am qualified for this. I am interested in this. All of that is helpful to you. All of that is building your skills and 
helping you articulate yourself better as we've discussed before those things do have an impact even if it feels kind of like time down the drain yes and it's it, you're always building on your skills 100 percent um like i will never say that i'm a perfect interviewer never ever ever um i still can get nervous excited for for job interviews and i still practice because I know that's going to be something that evolves through the rest of my life because I will always be accumulating experiences and it's the same for students. It's the same for alumni. Um, and although you want resumes and cover letters to be customized, like you mentioned, every time you work on it, it gets easier. And a little resume tip that I have is working on um, what I call a running resume and a running resume is a resume that's formatted, so it's easy to, to maneuver and easy to look at, um, but it has all of kind of the things you've ever done. Um, and that way, when jobs pop up, you can look through, and then you have your puzzle pieces that you can maneuver around, you can maybe edit, manipulate a little bit to create that targeted resume. Um, that's another thing that can make things quite a bit easier. And if you are listening to this and you're um, not quite searching for jobs yet, um, if, if you have you know time to do so, I definitely encourage you to start on that running resume. So then when the time comes, you have all those pieces to be able to um, create that resume and make that process a little less challenging. Absolutely. Something that I started on the advice of a professor my freshman year and that I wish that I would have continually built out was essentially that, but it was just a Google Doc that I had of every volunteer opportunity, every job that I had done, and I wish that I would have added you know, classes to that as well and the things that I'd like to learn from those classes because um, that will definitely help you. Four years is, is a very long time in which a lot happens and you learn a lot and you're not necessarily going to remember senior year, the opportunities that you had freshman year and you know, saving those class projects and that sort of thing, like to be able to remember all of the work that you've done, I think is helpful in the end. Yes, I find it really funny, actually, in a lot of these appointments, a student will casually let it slip that they're president of their club, or they have 100 volunteer hours at this location, or um, they did this one project that had this outcome, or they're, you know, these big things. Um, and it's like two or three appointments in where they're like, oh, yeah, I do that. It's like, oh my goodness, like that's huge, but it's so easy to forget because like you said, for some students, there's four plus years of cumulative experience um, that's kind of that you have to unpack and you have to play around with. Um, so yeah, you, that strategy that, that you discussed, um, I think would be really helpful. And even though you didn't continue with it all four years, you still had all that information from your freshman year to use and have as a starting point. So I'm sure that was helpful. Yeah. I think that's all the questions that I had. Is there anything else that you feel like I missed that you would like to tell students about or remind them about in this process? Um, I, I think if I could uh, leave with one thing, um, it's that career exploration and career development um, is a lifelong process. And that's okay. And um, it takes time and it takes energy. However, as long as you are resourceful and you know your resources and know that it's okay to ask for help, um, that process will be a whole lot easier. 
Um, and another plug for career services, like I said, we're a free resource. We are here to support students. That's our whole job. It's what every single person in my department absolutely loves doing um, is helping students out with getting jobs, internships, reflecting on classes or jobs, or maybe they want to change a career path or learn about other ones. Or sometimes people just need help writing thank you notes after an interview. Um, as long as people know that it's okay to ask for help and there are resources and um, available to help them. Um, I think that that's something that honestly can carry out in multiple ways other than occupational wellness as well. Thank you so much for being here today. It was great to have you on and to have this conversation. I think that it's important for students to hear. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to episode nine of the Balanced Broncos podcast. We went through a lot of suggestions for career success today. So as a recap, firstly, reach out to career services. They are so excited to work with students and are a great resource for finding jobs and internships, help with resumes and cover letters, amongst other things. Take a career assessment such as Pathway U. As you move throughout your college career, be reflective and thoughtful about what you like about your jobs, internships, and classes. This will help you decide what careers and jobs to pursue in the future. If you're looking for jobs, be sure to check out Boise State's job board, Handshake. Attend a career fair to get an idea of companies hiring in the area and to look for prospective employment. It's 100% normal to feel nervous about jobs and interviews. Look into the National Association of Colleges and Employers, the NACE competencies, and see if you are career ready. When you are applying for jobs, don't determine the success of your job search by getting the job, but determine it based on if you had the best application possible. This is really the only thing that you can control. Just do your best. There are other factors at play. Lastly, just know that career exploration and development is a lifelong process. Be resourceful and know that it is okay to ask for help. This episode wraps up season one of the podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners for spending time with us this season. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast as much as we have enjoyed making it. Hannah and I will be taking a break for the summer, but we will see you in the fall for season two. Thank you for listening.